millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to another episode of the Self-Build Plus podcast, where we chat with self-builders, suppliers, and experts about all things home building and renovating in Ireland on both sides of the border. I'm Astrid Matson, your host and the editor of Self-Build Magazine. This podcast was recorded at Self-Build Extend and Renovate Live in Limerick in January 2024. I'm joined by DJ Ramsdale of DJ Build Cost Estimations. So DJ is, um, is basically the, the brains behind our Build Cost Hub which is um, something you get as part of your Self-Build Plus membership. So he updates the costs on this part of the website for both uh, the Republic and Northern Ireland, obviously different costs. Much cheaper and nicer to build in the north than here, but I'm sure we're in the Republic here. Um, He also has bills of quantities and he can price up your plans as well. He offers that service. So we're here to chat. Sorry, DJ, I'll just sit here. Yeah, sorry. Um, we're just going to chat about um, how much it costs to build a house, the million-dollar question. question. So yeah. I guess the first thing to ask you is um, how would you, I mean, you know, you can just put your finger in the air and go, it's going to cost 200 grand, 300 grand, 400 grand. So how do you, how do you cost a build for maximum accuracy? Like we want a real cost. Right. Well, first of all, we have software, which if you have your plans, your site plan, you're, you obviously maybe at this stage, I'm assuming if you have plans, you have a site. So that cost maybe is already gone in terms of buying it. Some people get it left to them by their family site. Um, but at that point, you've probably paid for sketch plans. Uh, sometimes we get plans and they're quite big, but because we kind of know what the standard process is, we can assume a lot of things and make changes. So we have a system software which measures the whole plans, whether it be the area of the site uh, and then the house. So we take our square meters of everything, so they're accurate. And then we basically from experience, I've been in the building industry for 25, 30 years, won a Master Builder of the Year award in Northern Ireland some years ago, uh, and then I, I'm a QS as well. So yeah. com- combining that together, I have, I have a lot of experience. So for you to price the project accurately, you really ideally need construction drawings and not the planning we need, drawings. We need construction plannings, but if we have measurements, we don't yeah. especially need spec because we can make assumptions. We can talk it through with the client and say, look, at, generally it's a six-inch cavity now or it's if it's a timber frame or if it's ICF or whatever to decide to build. So we don't need 
all the spec, but if the client has it in their head, what, what way they're going to go down, whether they go down to alu-clad windows or double, just double glazed or what kind of roof they're going to use. So if they have at least that in their head, then we can cost it very, very accurately. Yeah, and then you, you have prime cost some, so you'll assume, let's say, for the kitchen, you're going to spend 30 grand, but that, that figure could be a that, lot more that, than that. That so usually is, the, <laughs> may I say, the female domain, so we usually ask the ladies just to put a figure on that, yeah. and, and then they can decide with their husband or partner <laughs> or the one. But there are cost elements like that that are very vague, and you, you yeah, do you, need you to could drill spend, in detail. You can, you can walk into any of these uh, hardware stores like B&Q, Homebase, uh, REN, there's a number of them, I forget what the name of them is in the south of Ireland, but uh, you can buy a kitchen off the shelf. Now they usually cost anywhere from five to 10 grand, yeah. or you could spend 40 grand. Yeah. It just depends yeah. really where you want to be. So uh, the question everyone has on their minds is, how much does it cost to build a house? So what's the average? Per square meter nowadays, north and south? North and south. It's a really hard question to nail that down because um, I have a figure in my head, which I'm going to tell you, but it, it ranges from the type of house. So obviously, if you're building a traditional cavity house or cavity block house, it's different from a timber frame house, obviously. Uh, it depends on your on your ground conditions. Have you got good ground conditions? So you could build the exact same house either side of, of one road, and depending on this gentleman or this lady's preference for their spec, whether they're high insulation, on the floor heating, zinc roof, that house could be 40 grand more than this house. And it could be exactly the same design, size, and general design. But on average in the north, you're talking somewhere around 120 pound a square meter to 140. And in the south, you're talking average in... Yeah. 1,200, no, per square meter. Oh, per, per square, square, square meter, foot, per square foot, I'm going. Yeah. Yeah, so you work that out, whatever that is, meters, and in the south. In the, in the, in the, in the Wait, side. so, sorry, just, uh, how many, much per square foot in the north? You're About thinking? 120 to 140. 120 to 40, yeah. In the south, you're talking anywhere from 150 to 200. Yeah, And difference. if you're going yeah. in around Dublin, then prices, <laughs> I, I've got my eyes open a couple of times too, with labour prices sometimes, more so than materials, you know. So you can be caught off guard, even even I get caught off guard in the time, and it just depends. Yeah. Uh, particularly the trades that are in big demand at the minute are like brickies and uh, joiners. They're particularly thin on the ground, so yeah. they kind of seem to name their price at the minute, which I try and give every region a bit of a, a countdown. So like Dublin will be number one for the cost, then you go down to Cork and Limerick and, uh, you know, go through the cities. Anywhere near the city seems to inflate the labour prices. So you have to deal with that if you're in that area. It's just a fact of life. Um, until things change, it's, it's not going to change much for the next few years, I don't think, anyway. And you were saying timber frames more than block work. I would have thought for the way we're building our houses now to be so no, insulated, airtight. Or no, timber frame generally similar. is just cheaper option. It's cheaper than block. Yeah, it is uh, in certain ways in that your bill costs would be, it beats it on time scale. Uh, time is money, as to say. As a timber frame, when you build a timber frame, uh, once you get the groundworks done and are ready for the frame itself and scaffolding up, uh, timber frames can generally be up, an average house, a two and a half square thousand square foot house, can be up roof on it within two, three weeks and roof on it. That means... 
You're not held up by weather. You can work away inside and work away outside if the weather permits, but there's always something going on. Whether it's with a, with a conditional uh, block built cavity house, you may have to wait in the weather quite a lot. And when you have labor trades going back and forth and back and forth, it's hard to keep constant. Whereas a timber frame company, generally, as a rule of thumb, come in, bam, 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 it's mm -hmm. done. And that, that's why it's quicker, so you can finish your house quicker. And how do you compare ACF then? ACF's pretty good. Uh, insulation Possibly. value, very good. And again, it's on a par, it's slightly more expensive than timber. Uh, more than block as well, no? Yes, more than yeah. block, yeah, yeah, more than block. Um, but again, it has certain advantages with insulation value, construction method is not too much weather bothered. So uh, it ha every, every little, every way you build a house, something has its, most of its advantages and some has mm. little advantages. Mm. So yeah. it just depends what way you think about it yeah. and what you think about Yeah, yourself. ACF is heavy enough. So it's heavy, yeah. He more foundations, that yeah. kind of thing, yeah. Um, so in terms of size and shape, like what's, what's more cost effective to build um, a, a square? <laughs> obviously, look at uh, the basic line is the simpler the better. And you are finding a lot of houses now, although you get a lot of, I, I be dealing with a lot of architects, so I'll be getting all kinds of designs thrown at me. Uh, and a lot of architects now are going towards that's uh, very straight lines, you know, simplistic type of builds, square box type things, you know, which is actually handy to price because yeah. there's no uh, thing, but um, the less bends and the less fancy stuff you have in a house, the more straightforward it is, basically, as a rule of thumb. Um, Try and keep the engineering simple. Obviously, people, as we progress into the, the century, like the designs are getting more and more elaborate, but also the materials they're using have become, if you go back 20, 30 years, the options for your roof finishes was like slate or tile. Now there's zinc, aluminium, fiberglass, EPDM, trochal, and maybe a few more, soft grass, and, and what they call green roofs, uh, sedum. So, main boggle sometimes at the amount of choice there is nowadays compared to what there was like 20 or 30 years ago. And uh, materials then, how are each, because we had scares there with insulation for a long while, that's gone yeah. down, hasn't it? Uh, and uh, insulation timber, and steel. Yeah, insulation and steel, uh, timber has come back in price. Now there's no point in saying they're back where they were pre-COVID, they weren't. But for instance, the sheet of steel at its height, well, before COVID say, it was around, in my part of the world anyway, which was around 45 sterling, which would be about 54 euros or thereabouts, was the average price, give or take. Uh, and at its height, it was 105 for, for the same sheet of mesh. It's back down now to averaging in the south about 65 to 70, and in the north about 60 to 65. So it's dropped, and timber insulation as everything settled down and come back down about 20%. I would say it's could go another bit, but I can't see it rising again rapidly because we, we've weaned ourselves off because of the war in Ukraine. We've, it's taken a year or two for countries to wean themselves off the dependence on oil and stuff and the price paying through the nose for oil. So largely construction is still very oil-based in terms of how they produce the materials and how they structure. So we're still very reliant on oil prices. So with the trouble in the Middle East at the minute, keep your eye on that because that could change a lot of things because you could see you know, if oil prices start to go up, you will see prices of materials start to go up again. Yeah, cement, um, cement is, is very energy intensive. Uh, very Insulations uh, yeah. made of plastic mostly, mm. so again, oil. oil it's an oil-based yeah, product, yeah. 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 So 
anything to do with oil, you will find three or four months down the line, you could see it's been impacted. Most companies, big companies, have stockpiled of stuff, so, and they buy it at a certain rate. So when they have that stockpile used up, and then they're buying more, that's when you find that the increased rate mm -hmm. comes down the line to the customer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Suez Canal and all that, with the war now, they're, they're blocking uh, no supply longer lines is it again. So no longer is it a local problem. Later, yeah. Yeah, it's a global Get problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, so budget busters, give us <laughs> top five, top ten, top hundred. Uh, well, I suppose first of all, the biggest buy probably is your site. You know, depending on where you're buying it, uh, whether you get it left to by your family or friend, like a site costs you anywhere from 60,000, for a poor one out, way out in the west of Mayo to... 150, 200,000. Depends where you're buying it. That's you know. very high, isn't it? It is it's, very it's high. It depends where you want to buy. Yeah. Some people buy a site in around Dublin. Uh, it might have an old house in it, but all it really is to them is a site, you know. Uh, so um, you can pay vast amounts of money for site. And then the planning process can cost you money if you're in a difficult area, maybe. Uh, and then when you get on to the practical side of things, uh, ground conditions have a big factor on a building. If you have a bad site, uh, there's an old saying, as, as bad ground's never paid for. Uh, you know, if you're in a bog or your conditions are not good, you could easily swallow 20, 30 grand in the blink of an eye in trench fill foundations or piling. And piling doesn't, doesn't just relate to the construction of the house. It might have to do with your services, as in sewers and stormwater might have to be piled. Your septic tank might have to be piled. So there's a lot of add-ons to it. Uh, we had a lady back about four years ago was building her house and when the contractor went to the head he rang me and he says uh, you've costed in here for so many thousand for the for the foundation and he says yeah but we're down the full depth of the digger here to get good ground it ended up costing her eighteen thousand in concrete alone Jesus, so yeah. and she had no choice that lady had no choice uh, the contractor was in he was digging in our part of the world it's, uh, there's a an outfit called building control which are quality control in the north for builders so they maintained that he had to go down to good ground so they you can't you cannot do what they tell you to do you have to do it so that was just before she even got house out of the ground she was 18 grand worse off yeah so the site assessment really is yeah it's pretty yeah. pretty flawed. when you get to the main build obviously anything analysis. can be a budget buster anything you could go yeah. fancy kitchen 40 grand if you the roof coverings nowadays can range from your traditional slate uh, which is still pretty much the norm, or tiles are normal enough. But then there is zinc, which is like 120 to 150 pounds square meter supplied and laid, whereas your traditional ordinary roof could be less than 50, you know? So it, it's a, it all depends on your budget, really, whether yeah. you want to afford them things. It adds up, for sure. Yeah, it definitely does. So any questions, guys? I'm sure there's lots of questions about um, costs and things like that. No? Yep. Okay, go ahead. As regards timber build in this country, with the damp climate we have, is how suited is it, or what methods have they put in place to counteract uh, the dampness of our climate? That would be a question for timber frame manufacturers. And I, I know myself, we have done several timber frames, and the DPC, obviously, uh, damp proof course. Um, yeah, you would have to take certain measures, but... The manufacturing and the spec of which they do manufacturing in, in this country now with timber frames is there's no real difference. Maybe 20, 30 years ago, as it was a newfangled thing and timber frames coming in, there was probably issues at the start. 
but they tend to raise the timber frame off the ground a bit now, like about 8 to 10 inches. There's DPC everywhere. Um, I haven't come across any major problems with timber frames in relation to that. Uh, as in timber. As regards movement or anything. Oh, you will get a little bit of drying out with timber. You have to expect that. Like, um, but when you have on a, building, a constant basis. Yeah. No, it doesn't really move. It cracks. It's, uh, when the house is complete, say, you know, when your house is plastered, uh, once the heating goes on, timber will inevitably dry and twist. So you do get little settlement cracks. As you would on a block build. As you would on a block build too. And you can actually hear a timber frame. If you stand on a timber frame when it's quiet you, and it's starting to dry, you can hear the creaks of it and stuff like that there. So it does but it's change. Very, you're making it sound very unsound. It is no, structurally sound. Structurally sound. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it's just experience, like, and it's no big deal because you can fill them with tiny hair cracks and it does happen in every house, no matter regardless. Of the method. Yeah. Yeah. So it will settle at some yeah, stage. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Quick question. Um, how much contingency should you put aside when you're doing a build in a house? Is it like 10% or something? Yeah, you're correct. Yeah, 10 to 20%, depending on, uh, again, that the factors are your site conditions, where you're building, uh, how fast you want the house built. You, you have to sort of think about the thing and plan it out or ask somebody who knows. Generally, for every 100,000 of build cost, I would say allow five grand. Maybe 10 if you're in a particularly difficult spot to build or high-end spot to build, as in, in around Dublin. So... Uh, yeah, about 10 to 15 percent in general, and you work, you try and work it that you don't use it, but it's there if you need it. Thank There's you. that whole uh, cost triangle, isn't there? It's like cost, speed, and quality. You can't get all three. You can get two, but two, not three. Yeah, you know. That's kind uh, of the planning is a big planning is a big thing. If you can sit down and figure out, don't change your plans too much if you can help it. Now, tweaks or so, because. Once you get to the point where your house is plastered and say ready for putting the finished floors you got there, you're pretty much coming towards the end. So if you've still got your contingency complete, unless there's a major problem, it should basically come in in budget, you know. And the way you work it is, when I do give estimations for people, is I give you the worst case scenario, maybe not the exact worst, but I give you the higher end of it. And your objective will be to try and beat my prices, which you should be able to do. But it gives you the worst end of it, so you're always on the right side of the cost. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And do you lock in the prices at the beginning? So if there's a material that goes up like timber, are you locked in from the beginning? Or no, but Locking in the price of... Yeah, locking in the price is nearly material. impossible because when I price a house, 
for somebody or costing an estimation. I could be pricing slates, which might be six months down the road before you're even ready for that. So hopefully, generally, they don't move that much within six months, uh, apart from what happened in the last lucky years. As a rule of thumb, it doesn't. Um, but we would allow you 5% for inflation. Basically, that's what happens. And you just have to hope for the best. That when you get, It is a wee bit of a leap of faith. You know, you just have to hope that when you get to that point, plumbing is particularly one because copper fluctuates a lot. Although they're using less and less copper now in houses, it's used PVA and plastic. But it used to be a point where you could price a plumbing job today, which is January, say, and come July, that price could have went up by 10%. And there's very little you can do about it because copper used to fluctuate an awful lot. But nowadays, it's getting less and less because they're using a lot of more. They're not using copper near as much in the houses they used to. Thank you. Okay. But you can, lock, like with your supplier, with the builder's merchant, you could, you could if you're quick lock enough, in yeah. the price and they'll tell you the quote's valid for, it used to be valid for how long? A three quote months usually. used to be three months and now, and then at the worst, it was like two weeks or two something. Two weeks, yeah. Yeah. So the builder's merchant will lock the price for a certain amount of time. Um, there seems to be a large discrepancy between the cost of building modular homes and building on-site homes, like we've got an architect involved and all the rest of that. Um, like a, a, quite a large discrepancy in some of the quotes that I've been given. Yeah, in terms of quality, are you really getting like the discrepancy could be four times as much, right? Yeah. Are you getting four times the quality of a house? Like, let me re, re ask that question in a slightly different way. You can spend a lot on a kitchen. Where should you be spending money in your house? Insulation, right? Insulation, windows, and roof coverings, any big ticket items that are non-changeable down the line. For instance, you can put in a fairly budget kitchen and in five years time you can rip that kitchen out and put in a 30,000 pound kitchen without any major disruption to your house. You can't do that with your insulation. You can't do that with your roof as such. And you can't do that with your windows as such. It's a major problem to do all that. But you know, I would say people, as a general rule of thumb, in the world we live in, look at your heating systems and look at your insulation value and how you're insulating your house. And insulate, insulate, insulate. Because down the line, it might be expensive at the time, but down the line you will find you're, you'll be running your house basically for very little in the future. Uh, especially when there's more technology coming down the line with solar panels and even slates that are solar powered. You know, you, you put on a slate and it's going to be all interlinking. Now they're very expensive at the minute. But as the years progress, it will become more and more. So you're going to find where houses are basically going to become self-sufficient in running themselves. So the more you invest in the future at the minute, although it's expensive to do so, you get that reap that rewards down the line maybe in 10 years. Uh, and how do you explain the difference between, let's say, the modular build house? How, how is it so much cheaper? Um, but is it the same spec? Are you, uh, is it the same spec? It's a much lower spec. But As spec in because in if, you're, you know, if you're getting a modular build for like a shed at the back of the house or something, well, um, shed is a bad word, but like a, a home office might not be that insulated or co building regulations compliant. Uh, I think quite basic, but in terms of general living standard insulation and stuff like that, I suspect quite livable. You know, but so you need to comply with the building regulations, so you do yeah. need a minimum. You need a minimum amount, which is high. You know what I mean? Like yeah. so, it needs you need to make sure that that modular build 
is building regulations compliant on yes. every level. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Cuz there are exemptions for just something in the back garden kind of thing. Yeah. Just 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 As Astrid is right there's a there's a massive difference between a modular building and a building you build on site. Modulars are built in factories to come like a flat pack thing, although you would say timber frame, but there's much more insulation in a timber frame. And like Astor said, there, there's structural engineering details with a house and all, whereas a modular building, probably very hard to insure, maybe. House insurance, stuff like it's that there. It's just things to check, maybe not. Something to check, and, and maybe that's, not. That's the thing. It's just to, to do the due diligence. Can you get engineering certs for it and all when you, when you put it down? Yeah. Do you need proper foundations for it? There's like modular buildings usually very lightweight. That's the idea of them, and they're quick to put up. Modular buildings now actually come in containers if you wanted them to go. But whether they're easy to insure, certify, uh, council regulations, building control regulations, I'm not sure. I've never had to price one actually, so I don't know. Right, okay. It's straightforward with you. It is interesting though, because there's a lot yeah. of options there. The cost difference is so much. It's, it's just to make sure you're comparing the same. The governments are looking into it more yeah. for the governments are looking more and more into that kind of building are, for yeah. emergency, you know, for uh, refugees or emigrants or stuff like yeah. that. There, it, it yeah. is it is cost effective, yeah. If you take out the time factor, you don't mind waiting three months for a block layer. Sorry. Is it still cheaper to do timber frame? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In an answer, yes. Yeah. And is that because timber frame production's increased in Ireland? Because it used to be quite expensive. Or? Well, it's more to do with speed. It's all to do with speed. As time is money. So a timber frame, you can, all, you can have your house up. Think of it this way. Um, some people take out mortgages. Okay, When you take the first down payment of your mortgage, it could be 20000 30000 You're paying interest on that right away. And you still haven't got a house. Do you know what I mean? So timber frame generally... If you have a good contractor or if you're switched on and, and well organized, you could have a timber frame, say a 2,000 square foot basic house, ready to live in within six months. Whereas a conventional block work house, if you're, well, you can get lucky with the weather and stuff and have good contractors that are there all the time, which I don't think is usually possible. Um, you know, you would get a, a standard as a year, I think, you know, so timber frames decrease the, or increase the speed by an average of about 40%. And if you're sticking on an extension to say a derelict house, like a 70 meter squared extension onto mm. a 100 meter squared derelict house, could you use a timber frame or would you yes, still you say can. the same thing? Yeah, right. you could use timber frame, yeah. Uh, hello, hi. Hello. Um, do they spray any kind of fire retardant on the timber frame? Yes. How do they do? Yeah, it's, um, it's grade three, I think, which is, it's a bit like a 30 minute fire door. Yeah. Okay. And the slabs that go on it, and there's... Well, they're all uh, gypsum, they're fire-rated anyway. Okay. Yeah. Now, the other question is, um, on s the different standing seam metal roofs is, you know, other than the price, what's the difference in longevity of them? And do they need to be ventilated if you're putting on a warm roof and insulation? Do they go down on top of the insulation or do they need... Do no, they, they are them? usually counterbattened and there's an air gap, you know? Okay. Uh, Correct me if I correct me if I'm wrong. I think the insulation is forced down the counter button and then your your finish roof. Now the thing about obviously slate and tile, man-made slate has a man-made slate has a lifetime of about 20 years. You know, and then although it will not start leaking, but it starts starts to look a bit yeah bad. I, I, Tiles or something similar. Yeah, the pitch is about 15 degrees. So yeah, well, 15 degrees you will need to go for something like aluminium, zinc, fiberglass. Now zinc is I suppose what we would call 
the daddy of them all at the minute because it's such I think could last 50 60 years uh, aluminium's an excellent and your fiberglass trocal man-made or natural slate obviously like banger blues or spanish slates they have a lifetime of 60 70 80 years too because you can actually reuse them if you're careful with them so uh, but traditional man-made stuff generally like if you're talking super shem cements which are the normal ones or uh, uh can't remember the other names of them and tiles they have a lifespan of about 20 years in terms of looks and then maybe 30 years in terms of durability and weather protection. So you generally tend to go for natural. If you can go for a roof and you want to go longevity of life, you probably would go for natural slate at the minute. Thanks. Um, just a quick one on direct labor cost versus contractor. I know it's a, usually a hot topic. That's a, in the current climate, what kind of savings do you get from direct labor? And I'm not talking about direct labor for your kind of like helping out the block layer like the fella here was er earlier on and talking about purely project management perspective where, where how much you will that's a all the building contractors here i'm sorry if i say the wrong word here but i would say you're talking somewhere around 20, 10 to 20 percent okay. it differs from region to region again this is it's like materials and stuff uh, big cities could be 20 to 25 percent and it just depends on the market at the time and at the minute it's definitely the market is in favour of the tradesman and the builder and that there's so few of them about there's a complete shortage of skilled labour so um, yeah you're talking 15 to 20 percent on an average house yeah cool thanks thank you okay is there another one here yeah thank you hi uh, just a quick question about like renovation in terms of government uh grants that are available are they actually worthwhile or is there a lot of hidden red tape like the SEAI grant and the grants for vacant and dilapidated properties uh, well any money you get for free is always worth it if you can uh, if you can fill in the forms usually there's a lot of paperwork with it and a lot of things so there's if you've a got lot a lot of delays a lot of it's hassly sometimes so and some people ask, there used to be a grant uh, like years ago in the north uh, was for insulation and stuff, but you had to fund so much of it yourself to get the grant. Uh, you had to do so much to get the rest of the money, so it was a bit complicated. I'm not sure what way they're set up in the south of Ireland at the minute, but they can be a little bit complicated. But if you've got the time to fill the forms and get all your dots and I's crossed, it's, it's, yeah, it's generally worth it, yeah. The grant, the SEAI grants, I think, are easier to to do than the vacant property one is a bit more convoluted. All right, but I just to follow up on the the contractor versus self manage. Yeah. If you're going with ICF or timber frame, the contractor, in my mind, then will just have to manage the the first fix, electrical, mechanical. Like, I mean, could you just do that when the bulk of the structure, let's say ICF guys, can have your house up? What advantage would you have if you go outsource it to a contractor when the remaining, now I'm underestimating heavily here, I don't know, but you have the structure done, you just have to manage the, the trades after that. What Would there be an extra benefit to having that contractor? Or maybe it's a peace of mind thing. But um, If you know what you're doing, or at least, or maybe even have somebody in the background who knows what they're doing, um, yes, there's always savings, of course there is. There's, uh, you know, uh, if you're paying a contractor, what you're basically doing, you're buying his expertise and his years of experience and his management and his know-how. So that's what you're paying for. And that's fair and proper. So well, if you're doing it yourself, you're taking on that role, 
you're taking on the role and you're taking the responsibility that everything is done right. And if anything goes wrong, if something, whether it be quality or spec or something, whatever happens to go wrong, it falls back on your shoulders as, as what you would call the supervisor, manager, whatever you want to call yourself in that job. Um, you will save money because obviously you will be able to do little things. For instance, we had a client there who, electrician, a conventional cavity blockhouse, he went in and he cut the whole tracks for the electrician, right? Okay, normally electrician would organize that and look after it. So he saved himself a thousand quid there. So things like that, you're doing little things that fall between the cracks that other people would do, the builder would normally organize and sort out. So there is advantages to it and there's disadvantages. It can be head wrecking. Uh, you have what we call human nature practice. Trades don't turn up, they're busy, they're running late, they're somewhere else, something else happens. So it's, it's, it's a very fine line to tread. So anybody going, thinking like that, if you're working full time, I would advise leave it to a building contractor if you want peace of mind and not no less stress. Uh, I'm just wondering, as regards insulation, like people are saying, insulate, insulate, insulate Big all the closer. time. Yeah. But we're, I'm worried then about ventilation mm -hmm. because we're in an old bungalow at the minute and like that ventilation is a big thing, you know, condensation in the windows. Mm -hmm. So with so much insulation, where does the moisture go? Or high is that combated in well, bills? In a new build, for instance, you yeah. would put in like an air... air um, Heat recovery system, yes. which is basically your ventilation. If you notice most houses now, you remember years ago, used to be trickle vents in all the windows. That mm -hmm. was basically your ventilation. Yeah. Nowadays, it's done with, uh, there's, I forget the name of them now, they're in the roof space. You can, they can be put into your building okay. and they do the circulation of the air and that. And depends on the size of it and where you position them. But modern building now, anything usually with the standard route now for a modern building I'm talking about, yeah. a new build is uh, underfloor heating, air source heat pump and your air uh, heat recovery system, which is your ventilation, which circulates okay. the air in each room. Okay, and how do you combat that then in an old build? Or in an old house? Well, there is systems you can put in. Uh, just their name actually We'll, we'll have the ventilation minute. talk actually. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, about, yeah. There is ways of doing it. No, no worries, there is yeah. ways of doing it. There are other yeah. options. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Sorry, one more quick one. You had said the cost of build was cheaper up the north. Is there uh, an opportunity to save some costs by getting expertise? down from the north? I mean, obviously you need a local builder, right? But you could get certain things brought down from the north. Do you think there's savings there? Materials sometimes, yeah, if you can buy in bulk. Uh, yeah. You know, if you're ordering, it again, depends on the exchange rate at the time. But if you're buying in bulk, uh, yes, if you're ordering like 10 bags of cement, no. We know it's better stay local. But if you can order like, if you're ordering five, 8,000 pounds worth of materials at the one time, yes, you can. What we did find with a particular client in Tipperary, no mention, no names, he asked me to price the roof for him and insulation for his whole house that we had costed for him. And when we got that price, say, in the north of Ireland, it was three grand cheaper than where he had got it in, say, Tipperary or that region. Uh, but when he went back to the hardware store with the... Suddenly they matched it. So, okay, so games to be played. Yeah. I always haggled with the builders' merchants. Yeah. Yeah. Any other questions? No? That's it. Okay, thanks so much, DJ. That's Thank you. brilliant. Join us next time for more tips and advice from self builders and experts alike. 
And if you haven't already, subscribe to Self Built Plus. It'll give you full access to the selfbuilt.ie website, including the Build Cost Hub, the House Plans Library, the Self Built Journey, and much, much more. Go to selfbuilt.ie to get the full details.